It's the Sportzilla Show on 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, ESPN Utica Rome, now on 96.5 FM. I Bailey's on a, a heck of a streak here, having hit 30 in a row for the win. Dan Bailey from 53 yards, and it is offline. If I'm Sam Darnold, I got a big giant red X, and that's the guy I'm going after. Second down and 10. It's intercepted. Look who they went after. Yeah. It is the guy you said they ought to be picking on. The Sportzilla Show starts now. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. It's it's not just Rain, Scoop, and Matt. Jam-packed studio today. Nick Ailes, David Cooney, along with the three musketeers. <laughs> oh, we need the butt sometimes. So what am I? We'll explain what that means at another time. Welcome to the Sportzilla Show. Check y'all chicken, check y'all mentals, your bread and your bodies. We're good to go for the next hour, 1310 a.m., 1350 a.m. ESPN app, Enable the skill on your Amazon Alexa. Say open ESPN Utica Rome after you do that. Podcast available after the fact. If you want to re-listen or share it, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. A programming note, Nye Automotive Game of the Week, presented by Pathfinder Bank and the U.S. Army is Corcoran and Proctor at 7 tonight. And at 6 o'clock, following the Sportzilla show, you have a re-airing of Utica Comets Insider. Of course, the crunch in the Comets played yesterday, that MLK Day matinee. They lost. They got the Binghamton Devils tomorrow. Pre-game's over on the Brother Station, K-Rock. But Scoop and I, we had we had Corey Hergott, Chris Faber. We had Tom Coyne on last night. If you missed it, you didn't listen to the podcast, you'll be able to hear it in now under an hour. Joe Roberts was on the show as Thank well, you. who's probably having a very big day today. I was texting with him earlier. He may be a father as we speak. If not, it's it's the process is underway. If you have uh, if you're a female listening right now, well, you've you have children, you understand that and if you're a father out there, you've been through that before too. Put in a good thought for them both. Absolutely. Nothing but health and happiness. That's all we're hoping for. So that being said, we've got a lot to get through today. We're going to talk some MLB at 6 o'clock. Also, find out if Derek Jeter and others are inducted into the Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. Got some NFL to talk about. A few things in the NBA. A crazy story with Antonio Brown that just broke within like the last hour or so. But we want to get to Nicole Ruddy on the phone. So that's what we're going to do. She is the Clinton girls high school hockey coach. So, Nicole, welcome. It's good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us on the Sportzilla Show today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. All right, we want the bio first. You grew up in Utica, went to Proctor. You played on a 1900 girls team throughout high school. You started as a New Hartford girls team coach. Then that turned into a regional team. Take it from there and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Let's let everybody get to know you a little bit. Coach, 
pretty good run so far. But Coach, what are the challenges of having a unified team? You know, I mean, very often you're a coach. You get the kids from that high school. You're calling these girls from different schools. It. I know there's a lot of other teams and leagues that are like that, but what challenges does that pose for you? Um, well, believe it or not, I feel like with girls hockey, we've always kind of been accustomed to, um, you know, that kind of team. You know, with boys, you grew up playing on your youth hockey team of wherever you were from, but for us girls, um, you know, there's always not as many, so we've always kind of grew up playing together and, Every girl in the area will tell you that they knew each other before playing for me for the most part. So um, building that team chemistry um, isn't, in my opinion, a challenge. Um, getting through all the logistics of getting you know everybody involved and going through each school system is a little bit different. But in terms of getting the girls together and playing together and you know forming that team, um, I think it's, it's no different than when I grew up playing. Yeah, Coach, Dave Cooney. Um, one thing that I think especially unique about this team is where does the money for this team come from? Because I remember correctly, it doesn't come directly from the school district that's raised through sponsorships and other or areas within the community. Yeah, we are not funded by uh, Clinton Schools. We do wear their logo, on, but we raise all of our own money every year in order to um, support this team and have a program. Um, and we do that through different fundraisers. We do it through a lot of um, community donations. And fortunately for us, um, this community has been, you know, extraordinary in supporting us each year with providing donations or helping us with our fundraisers um, more than anyone could ever ask for. They've been, you know, fantastic through the support. Um, so even though we don't have any school funding as of yet, DBS actually was the first school um, to donate some money towards, uh, they have two players on our team, um, and they donated $500. So they're the first school to contribute. And, you know, in the future, we're certainly hoping that other schools will look to do the same. It costs about $1,000 per player to run this program. And, you know, while I don't expect that every school is always going to contribute that $1,000 per player, we're hoping that schools in the future may contribute, you know, a couple hundred here and there um, to give towards the team and help with our uh, our funding. You're listening to Nicole Ruddy joining us here on the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio Utica, Rome, now 96.5 FM. I think my, my follow-up question to that, Nicole, would be, what is some contact information? Where can we direct people online specifically so that if they're interested in supporting this high school girls team that's really regionally across central New York, where do they go to do that? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people that would like to chip in. I, I think it's that motto that every little bit helps. So where can we send them? Absolutely. Um, every little bit does help. And I would say the easiest point of contact um, would be going right through our Facebook page. Um, that connects uh people write to me and I can lead them in the direction of how to make that donation um, and get that support from them. So that would be the easiest avenue, in my opinion, um, to reach out and support us. So So what is the Facebook name? Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, Matt, read my mind. (laughs) Uh, Our Facebook page is the Clinton Girls Varsity Hockey Team. 
Look for that on Facebook, and you can direct any donations that you might be interested in right there. Matt, I know you had a follow-up question. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, uh, your team is very successful this year and has been in the last couple of years. Um, obviously, since you're a coach, you're probably not going to take, take much credit for that. So who do you want to spotlight on your team and talk about how well they're doing this season? Um, well, I think, honestly, it's, it's a team effort always, in my opinion. Um, no one one player contributes more than the other. They all have different roles. Um, we've certainly had some girls that have been um, contributing in terms of putting the puck in the net this year. Um, our captain, Neil Lapata, um, she's a fantastic player. She is committed to Quinnipiac, um, and she's in her junior year. She's been on my team for about four years now, um, and each year she's uh, been a solid defenseman and forward for me. Um, she's done a great job this season. Um, Drew Kopech and Ari Williamson are her line mates. They've also contributed greatly. Um, but, again, it, I think it goes from top to bottom, you know, offense to defense to our goaltending. Everyone has really done an outstanding job this year in putting in the effort and time and commitment to make our team successful. Yeah, Coach, you mentioned goaltending, and this year we've only had one goaltender this entire year, Haley Millington. So how's her play, you know, as a coach? How do you rate her play, you know, especially growing so much, and how much has former Utica College player Amanda Lupo helped in her growth as a netminder? Uh, it's been great having um, Amanda Lupo as a goaltending coach these past two seasons. Um, you know, it's, it's much different. Last year we had three goaltenders, uh, and two of them went off to prep Haley as our only uh, goaltender. But um, Haley is an athlete. She is always up for the challenge. She works very hard. And, um, you know, she's done a great job in that for us this year. And we've also, you know, had a great offense and defense in front of her. So, you know, all around, um, it's been working for us. It's SportsZilla Show here on ESPN Radio Utica Rome now 96.5 FM. Nicole Ruddy, the Clinton Girls High School hockey coach, is online with us. Scoop, of note to me, two of the past four seasons, even though the team's in their fifth season, they've made it to the sectional final. Both times they played and lost to Skinny Atlas, but they're the number one seed in Section 3 right now and big game against Oswego in the first round of the playoffs in seven days on the 28th. It's a week away. You're wishing these girls well. Hope they get this. What is your most fun, wildest, craziest memory coaching this team? Oh, God. Uh, these girls are fun to coach, you know, and that's why I love working with them. Um, they're always, you know, entertaining and working hard, but they are just fun to be around. Um, and, you know, I, I'm a tough coach a lot of times on them, and I'm pushing them, but um, if I'm ever having a bad day, you know, these girls can easily turn it around for me. Uh, they're just, like I said, great to be around, a lot of fun. Well, listen, Nicole, we appreciate the time. We want you to check back in with us in a week or so, or after after the game against Oswego on the 28th, let us know where, where you stand one way or the other. Uh, you got to come back on the Sports Illustrated Show. It's been really great to talk to you today. I want you to leave everybody one more time with the name of the Facebook page so people out there that want to support girls high school hockey can help you fund this team further. So do that for me before we uh, say goodbye for the afternoon. Sure. Our Facebook page is the Clinton Girls Varsity Hockey Team, um, and no donation is too small, so we appreciate everybody's support. 
um, especially those that have provided that the last five seasons. So um, any contribution it would be amazing to these girls, and I know they're grateful for the program. All right, Nicole, stay in touch. you got a platform here to get the word out, and we look forward to hearing you hearing from you again soon. Drive safe. Enjoy the rest of your night. Guys, a couple of things before our first break locally that I wanted to touch on and put out there uh, be, before we do that. American Ninja Warrior is hosti- uh, being hosted by the, by the Boilermaker and MVCC Scoop. That caught my attention. Uh, I know the raindrops to the kids, and I know a lot of people love American Ninja Warrior. A little background on that. I know you were reading up on that. Well, I, I know they're... I don't have it in front of me, but I know they're coming. It says like two of them are coming to MVCC, and I wasn't clear, you know, on how much of the American Ninja Warrior stuff they were actually going to be able to do as a part of this appearance. But the fact that they're going to be here is pretty cool. What's up with the local losers, too? We had a story on that, too, floating around. And I, I, same as as, uh, you guys, I misplaced the paper. Oh, no, here, here we go. Here we go. Let's give it to David Cooney. Give us a report on that, David Cooney. He's in studio with us today from WPNR over at Utica College. Isn't that? Look at that. Give me those two names. Uh, basically because you got to work on pronunciations for me. Rianne Wheeler and Maya Chan. Or is it Rhiannon? Rhiannon. 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 I was close. So they're, they're, uh, they're at a youth, at the Youth Olympic Games. It's the fourth. Uh, they placed fourth in the inaugural women's doubles luge. Rhiannon is from Whitesboro, and Maya Chan is her teammate. So that's some local people, some local kids doing some really good things, Scoop. It's a good start. Yeah. Somebody to watch, a couple to watch, you know, coming up here as we get closer to Olympics time. Who was that girl that was in, like, four Olympics from Central New York? What is her name? I'm totally kidding. I know. Is she going to be at the, uh, the sports jersey ball? <laughs> is she going to be at the sports jersey ball? Is her name Erin Hamlin? Did she so. walk in with the torch? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty awesome over in Korea. Yeah, look where you can go from central New York. It's just a fantastic thing. I think that's everything I wanted to cover locally. I just thought some great things were happening. I did want to point out, as far as Utica College basketball, on Thursday, Sean Coffey will be in studio, our regular point with him and Coffey for three. Let's take our first break on the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio, Utica Rome, now at 96.5 FM. And Nick Ells, you're getting on the mic next. The SportsZilla Show is now streaming on the ESPN app. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. Streaming on the app and at ESPNUR.com if you care to listen that way. Going to talk a little baseball and an interesting piece I read in the Chicago Tribune by Paul Sullivan. The headline reads, The Astros need someone someone to clean up their mess. Dusty Baker is the man for the job, which I found intriguing. Scoop, it was skewed a little bit more towards the Astros' need for a manager. Did they get into whether he's a candidate for the Red Sox or the Mets moving forward? Or do you think those are two other options in your opinion? Well, they didn't really get into that right. in this particular arg- article, but obviously that would be a consideration, I think, if you are management of the Red Sox or the Mets. But the, the gist of the article is, is that Dusty in the past has dealt with the incessant questioning by reporters when it comes to touchy topics. He managed Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa. There were a lot of steroid questions he invented and coined the phrase steroid McCarthyism you know we look back we go okay well he's trying to hide stuff well the point is is that this is a guy who stood up there and answered question after question 
did the dance very well with the media. And you got to figure this year, the Astros, he could protect Altuve and Bregman. And there's going to be question after question about, you know, garbage cans, about uh, sign stealing, uncomfortable moments that he could handle well because he's done that previous. He was successful as a player. He was successful in all of his stops as a manager. Definitely an option. And these guys don't have the normal full offseason to look for a manager. Those three teams with the fallout of the cheating scandal have to get something done quick. And there's not necessarily a lot of great candidates out there. You know, it's slim pickings. But now you got three guys looking for the best one. Well, especially for the Mets who just hired somebody and had to fire him. Absolutely. I mean, they've got a lot of plans. They had a lot of plans in place, and suddenly you got to go back and start right from the get-go all over again. You've got to just, from scratch, you got to get all the ingredients together, assemble a coaching staff, get your game plan ready, assess your team, and move forward. Nick Ells, what do you got? Add to this for us. Well, I got to tell you, if Houston had to pick a mat, um, I was going to say a master, a manager, Dusty Baker is the guy. I'm telling you, he exudes zen. He is like the ultimate form of chill. He is always like calm. I've rarely, when especially when he goes out to like argue with umpires, he's always kind of chill. And the one thing that's missing on his resume is a World Series ring. And Houston is in the best place to give him that of all three. Do you think that he has enough old school yet new school and acceptance of the way the game is now with analytics moving forward that that he could handle the job in the current day and age, not just in his dealing with the media. We all know that he's fine as a manager of men in a clubhouse, but incorporating that third aspect in the modern age, is he the guy? Yeah, he's not really an analytics guy. He never really has been. I don't think it's, it's tough to say now. It depends on who his coaching staff would be. He gets like a younger bench coach, a younger pitching coach, a younger hitting coach, all these guys who embrace analytics, they can kind of take that weight off his shoulders and let him be dusty. So if I think he does that, then yes, I think he'll be successful. But if if he tries to do just old school baseball managing style, I'm not sure it'll work to the degree that everyone hopes it will. That's Nick Ailes, Dave Cooney's with a scoop and rain and the glue guy, the boss, Matt Page in studio on the Sports Illa Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now 96.5 FM. Talking Major League Baseball for some obvious reasons that we'll get to in just a second. But I want to stop off on that Nolan Arenado guy. A lot of rumors, if you follow, if you're a baseball fan, a baseball geek, about him wanting out in Colorado. A lot of baseball writers have covered this story today. It's gotten buried in some places with the Hall of Fame, uh, the announcement of the inductees. But he wants out, and then, of course, immediately it'll go to speculation about the Yankees, those Stanton similarities that I brought up to you, Nick, in a previous conversation. Just give us your take on Colorado. Yeah, well, just to put in perspective, basically, Colorado does well after the 2018 season to make it to the playoffs. Arenado's their franchise player. Lock him up to a big turn extension. Give him a lot more room in the in the uh, the deal. Like make him more make the deal more oriented towards him. Even though they don't have to, they do it just out of uh, goodwill. Then they kind of fall apart this season. They The Rockies barely make, they haven't made a single major league signing or trade minus like maybe a, a waiver claim or something like that. And Arenado's frustrated and he's been a, a part of trade talks and their GM, Jeff Riddich, has been described as a guy that's hard to work with and their tensions are just boiling over now. 
Do you think that with the attachment, say, of if Colorado takes back Jay Happ, at least for a year, they might make something work, maybe another prospect in there, something like that? You can yes or no me. You can. I mean, the Bear, at least in my opinion, if a Yankees trade for Arenado, would have to, to be. It'd have to be, bare minimum, Jay Happ to fill in for salary. Frazier, Andahar, in two of their top prospects. You Probably th- a Florial. The only one who would be untouchable in a Arenado trade is Garcia. Do you think they have that kind of leverage? It's interesting. I suppose the Yankees might agree to that as long as you take Jay Happ off of their hands. That's interesting. As far as Major League Baseball is concerned, Tim Tebow got married. Finally, he will hit a home run. We thought that that was some fantastic news. He's 32 years old. Oh, man, this is a monumental day in a man's life for him. For two reasons, not just the one scoop. Yeah, he's finally going to round the bases. Yeah, he hit a home run. You did it again, didn't you? I did. But the the most pressing news of the day, obviously, is Derek Jeter. Will he be unanimous when the announcement is made at 6 o'clock as far as going into the Baseball Hall of Fame? I have to think he's going to be close. We've speculated whether there's going to be a couple contrarians that will not. Yeah, there's going to be a sports writer that goes... Eh, I wasn't a fan of Jeter. It only takes nope. one. It didn't happen to Mariano. Go there, ahead, Nick. There already is one. I believe it's ugh, totally going to get it wrong. Is it wanna, a guy from Boston? It is a guy from Boston. Of course it is. I don't want to slander anybody, but if I remember correctly, it was Pete Abraham. You're not slandering anybody. Well, you well, just could wanna, be wrong with your... I don't want to say it. And then Pete Abraham comes after me. Pete and, ooh, the Abraham. Start beef. It's my fault. You can be blame me. You're in good me. company, you and Jeter. So what the heck? You know. Ooh, yeah, let's start beef. If you're listening, Pete Abraham, Nick Ailes has a bald head and a salt and paprika beard. Come looking for that guy. Come at me. I'm ready to fight. (laughs) Put your hair up and square up. Let's go. I'm looking at some of the other names here. Bonds and Clemens are just under the 75% needed for induction. Schilling, as of earlier today, with about half the ballots counted, was at about 78%. Larry Walker was at 83%. I don't know where that's updated to as of right now. We've still got about 35 minutes to go. Larry Walker, to me, was a Hall of Famer, I think. And a lot of people throw in the Colorado, the skewed numbers with Colorado and the advantages of, of the thinner air and everything. I don't know if, if that holds true. I think, across the board, that he was a Hall of Fame player. Who else do you think should get in besides, obviously, Derek? Well, there's one name that I don't... I think he'd stay on the ballot regardless, but a guy who isn't going to make it this year, we can already know now, Gary Sheffield. Yeah, I think Gary Sheffield, especially... His swing, is, I love his swing, but he was one of the best switch hitters to ever play the game. 500 home runs. He was just one of, he was never the best at the game, but he was always one of the greats. Yeah, he he was consistently for a long time, well into his upper 30s, he put up some serious numbers. He so really did. when do you think the steroid guys are going to get in, if they get in? Well, I think it's a 10-year window now, so at some point they're no long, they'd have to get voted in by the Veterans Committee, which is, I think is, for some of them, because Scoop has made the statement to me before about Barry Bonds is one name that he threw. He's like, Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame, and I totally agree with him on that, regardless of whatever allegedly he did or didn't do. And I think Pete Rose will get in eventually. It may not happen until after he's dead. I was going to say that. It's not going to be while he's alive, unfortunately. But I think he you can't tell the story of baseball without telling the story of Pete Rose and Barry Bonds. And they're instrumental to the history, the story. You can't just... Pretend it didn't happen. Roger so Clemens is another one, too. I mean, come on, he's got 350-something wins. I think Barry Bonds, well, I think Barry Bonds should be inducted just because he was a Hall of Famer before steroids. It was yeah. his career in Pittsburgh. But I think, especially if you've ever been to the Hall of Fame, it's not just 
the row of plaques and that's it. Like there's several different exhibits. I think everybody from the steroid era maybe shouldn't have a plaque, but they should at least be recognized by the hall. Like this was like Scoop said, this is a very important era of the game, even though it wasn't, you know, publicly for the best, but this still was an era of our game. If Look, it, it was endorsed by the MLB commissioner because they were making oodles of money off of it. Yeah, and, and if it makes you feel better, put an asterisk asterisk, and make note of the fact that they were implicated in the Mitchell report or whatever it is that you have to do, but honor these guys because whether you like it or not, for a decade and change, that was an underlying part of the game. And you can go back to different eras of baseball and Back in the 80s, they went skiing. Back in the 50s, it was amphetamines. I mean, there's been issues all throughout. There are some nefarious characters that are in the Hall of Fame that were not good human beings, but they were recognized ultimately for what they did on the field. And I understand character is part of it, but you've got to be consistent with this, and you can't kind of pick and choose. I got to say, I am looking right now at a 1985 Larry Walker, Utica Blue Sox baseball card. Yes, he looks, played here. Looks like it could have been shot in Tiny's Grill or something. But 1985, he was here. So that would be kind of cool to see him get in. And he's deserving, I think. Raise your hand if you saw Larry Walker play in Utica in 1985. Oh, wait, uh, this is a that, visual medium. That was me. You're the only one, I, I think. Absolutely. Love going to those games, man. It's just there have been in Munane Field, some some names that are all-timers as far as Major League Baseball is concerned. You really have, need a, a list together. Miguel is, Cabrera. Yeah, Miguel exactly. started when the Marlins were here. Don Mattingly's played here when he was with the Oneana Yankees. Uh, that was a, for those out there that remember, I think it was Demanche De Field. I, I, I think that's what it was. Didn't, didn't I hear a story once about John Elway playing ball here? In, Correct. In Utica at Murnane Field and driving a ball like yeah. so far out of the park, uh -huh. it was ridiculous. He, uh, yeah, he for a short time he was he was originally drafted by the Yankees. I think by the time he was twenty, it's a big baseball prospect. Within a couple of years, it was just straight football for him. As a Browns fan, I wish he would have chosen baseball. They had a ridiculously <laughs> short. I, or was it maybe it was Little Falls if it wasn't Oneana, but they had a ridiculously short center field at that particular stadium. Uh, somebody out there can correct me if you want to. It's at ESPN Sportzilla. Actually, I'm asking for your help because I'm not quite sure. I'm not recollecting exactly which field it was. But Little Falls Mets, Oneana Yankees was a thing back in the New York Penn League days. Yeah, there's been some great, great baseball players, not just because of Cooperstown in the Hall of Fame but that have played ball right here in central New York. And it really kind of gives you the chills if you're a baseball geek, Nick. Oh, absolutely. Especially guys like here, even fun fact, I, I happened to intern for the Blue Sox last year and Andy Van Slyke was a guy who was a big time baseball player. And he was a Utica guy. He's actually from Utica. I contacted him and said, Hey Andy, how about you come down to the field? We'll recollect on old times. And he said, no, but it's, it's the <laughs> thought that counts. <laughs> All right, Dave Cooney's in the studio with us, and he just handed me, give out a few of those numbers for John Elway and Oneana. There you go. Yeah, back in 1982, age 22, out in Oneana, he had 42 games played, 151 at-bats, 48 hits, four home runs. Yeah, one of those was uh, legendary, a yeah. tale of the yeah. tape home run. Yeah, 318 batting average, shoot, not too shabby. And a rifle, by the way. He was known for having a rifle for an arm. I think that's very apparent because he had a rifle 
as far as uh, his time in the NFL. It's now in the Hall of Fame. Won his couple of Super Bowls. John Elway, man. The legend of John Elway. And he's still heavily involved with the Broncos in the game. That guy, he's amazing. I'm starting to realize that, wow, I have a lot of respect for John Elway that I forgot was there. You know, uh, back in the day, we I was on another radio station in the era of those AFC championship games with the Cleveland Browns. And I was on a radio show, and we managed to get his hotel phone number on the eve of one of their games, and we prank called him at about 6.30 in the morning. Oh, you're a jerk. We prank called him at about 6.30 in the morning. He wasn't having it. Let's just say that. He, he didn't swear at us, but he didn't stay on the phone very long. He wanted to. He wanted to. <laughs> Let's take a break here on the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. Now 96.5 FM, some NFL next. It's the Sportzilla Show on 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, and 96.5 FM, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. The thing about coffee is it percolates, right? And that's what's been happening for the boss, for the glue guy, He's wanting us to talk about Antonio Brown because he's had something that's been percolating for a while. So we're going to make this dude's, well, better part of a week. Are you ready, glue guy? I am, man. All right, I'm going to set you up here. To be fair, you also helped with this, but. Uh, yeah, that's I did contribute to this, actually. Yeah, I'm a bad influence. Stay away from me. But in Hollywood, Florida, where Antonio Brown lives, it's been reported, well, everywhere now. As of a, about an hour and a half, maybe two hours ago, Hollywood police, Hollywood, Florida police are investigating Antonio Brown for possible battery at his home. According to sources with ESPN, there's an active scene at his house right now. Police are trying to determine if the battery charges will be brought against him as of now, not arrested. There's more to this story. They're saying they don't believe it's domestic violence, but we'll stand by for updates and reports. I'm sure it's all over everywhere. It's all over Twitter. I'm sure ESPN Sports Center is going to cover it. So if you're watching on the telly a little bit later, how'd you like to live in nice geez. Hollywood, Florida? Sun, fun, not far from Fort Lauderdale or Miami. And he is in your neighborhood and you've got this police situation ongoing. And like there have been incidents there off and on now for a while. Not the best of neighbors. I don't know if it, it's, you have to assume it's, it's a mental health issue with him but there has been now the released emails there has been video there's just so many incidents where he is not only a danger to others but I think he's a danger to himself at this point he's his own worst enemy I mean it's terrible human being it, it appears he's done some reprehensible things he really has but I mean he's horrendous as he, a human being he needs help like yeah. I saw the tweet yesterday Simple tweet, I use. And that I was seeing that about the same time as I was seeing the Delonte West stuff. It, and I just thought, you know, people are uh, posting gifts. And, and, but I thought, man, this is a cry for help. As far as Delonte West, there was video of him being beaten up, basically, in Washington, D.C. He's obviously lost his marriage, hasn't seen him as a child and you assume there's some serious mental health issues, but that has led him down the path of substance abuse, alcohol, you would have to assume. And the NBA community has been rallying around him. He's unrecognizable at this point. And it's, it was sad to see 
him just sitting in the street dealing with the police. I'm sure you've caught the story. It exploded all over social media. If you're and the sp- videos all over Twitter, too. Yeah, if you're a sports fan, I'm sure you've seen or heard about it by now. But it's a different situation, obviously, than what's going on with Antonio Brown, where with him it's self-inflicted as well. He's not getting the help that he needs. He's not recognizing, obviously, if there's mental health involved. That's part of the reason well, why. Well, then he cries, woe is me. Well, no one wants to take a chance on me. No one's giving me an opportunity. Well, you're not helping yourself get that opportunity. His act is getting old for a lot of people. Which Drew Rosenhaus, by the way, made the best decision to get away from this. Yeah, Drew Rosenhaus is aging. But right now, though, this dude is, I mean, I worry about the guy killing himself. I got to be honest with you. Or somebody hey, else, for that matter, I, I, if he look, loses his mind. I, I said earlier, he's done some reprehensible things, but at, at what point... Why does Delonte West get all the compassion and Antonio Brown gets none? Yeah, he's beating on women. I don't like that. Okay, but this guy, this is a cry for help. And I think Drew Rosenhaus should reach out to him and go, hey, what can I do, man? Don't worry about representing him to get a job with a football team. At this point, this guy's got to figure out how to be a contributing human being to society again, a functioning person. It's a hot mess. When you, you know, look, Delonte West, some of that story could be self-inflicted as well. Yeah. We don't know. You're absolutely right. And 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 it's I watched both those stories unfold yesterday and I felt sad for both of them. Let me let you do this, Matt. Matt, you got your montage? Yeah. Okay. Play this really quick because this is what a lot of people's immediate reaction is to situations like that. And to Antonio Brown. A, of course. Loser. Oh no! We suck again! Scoop with the perfect counterpoint to that initial hot take narrative, of course. Well, look at the curious differences. You've got Delonte West and all these former coaches and players speaking on his behalf, wanting to help. Des Bryant had a tweet that a lot of people saw. It's not happening for Antonio Brown. I don't hear any former Steeler teammates, and maybe they're out there. Maybe I've just missed it. I don't hear any former teammates going, hey, dude. And maybe they're doing that silently and and not on Twitter, which is probably the best way to do that. But how many times have the police been called to Antonio's house in the last month? At least twice, I know. Maybe and three the last times. time he was Instagram living it. <laughs> you know, I just... Uh, no, that's where the video came from, yeah. yeah. And it was atrocious. Like his Atrocious is the word that comes to mind to describe his behavior and what he was screaming at them, the way that he was treating law we, enforcement. Over the course of the last five months, because the football season isn't over, think how far this story has moved, this story arc. The Raiders... John Gruden, the phone call that he shoots a video and posts online, you think he's going to be a Raider. Then inside of 12 hours, he's he wants out. What did he play, one game this year? He's yeah. he's, he's a Patriot. Then the, the, the sex uh, assault allegations come out, and they don't want to deal with it anymore. I mean, it's this guy has just melted down before our eyes. And, yeah, okay, he's a loser. All right, I get, I get why people say that. But this dude needs help. Are yeah. we are we just gonna you gonna just throw this dude on the scrap heap of, of life? You don't care anymore. Somebody or, so, or, or could he could he actually be a contributing 
member of society? Do we just give up on him? Beyond football, that's the thing. Beyond football, there's it, nothing to do, do with we, football. Do we at this not point. have any uh, compassion for him because he's made all kinds of money and because he's a jerk? Is, is that okay? I don't know if that's okay. Scoop. That's the way people act on Twitter, but is that the way to act in life? I, I, I agree with you. Update, Antonio Brown accused of felony battery and burglary in alleged incident with a driver who works for a moving company. Obviously, they were at his Hollywood, Florida home. We'll update you. This is still a developing story. Uh, there's a few things NFL-related we've got to put a little bow on, tie up some loose ends. We'll do that next. I want to ask a question about the Royal Rumble, which is this Sunday, and a couple of quick thoughts on the NBA. Next on the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM. How on earth did Michael call my bluff? Is he some sort of secret genius? <laughs> Sometimes I see crazy things. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. You can listen to us with your new Amazon smart speaker. It's pretty simple. You download the Alexa app to your phone. You enable the skill, and then you say, Alexa, open ESPN Utica, Rome. Boom. Here we are. There it is. There it is. Andy Reid had a cheeseburger after they won the AFC championship game and moved on to the Super Bowl. Will That's, there be a uh, fast food buffet at the White House if they win? I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Yes, there will be. That I, seems to be what they do at the White House. I it have does. a feeling. That's a thing. <laughs> cheeseburger bed. That's how he celebrated. Best answer ever. Didn't go out for champagne. Nothing like that. Look, man, a cheeseburger is pretty satisfying. I've had some pretty darn good cheeseburgers. I Andy, can re- Andy Reid's a national treasure. He needs to be protected at all costs. You, you gotta, you gotta respect the guy. And I said this earlier. You gotta respect the guy that's been rocking that mustache for the better part of about thirty years now. The walrus. It's a he's a it's a walrus on it. Yeah, it's a caterpillar on his lip. I mean, that is a seventies adult film star slash nineteen seventies police officer look. That's what that is. He's cultivated the Wilfred Brimley look. That's what he's done. It's really what it is. Yeah. He's the only person I know that's done that. Like, he's still doing that. Like, he's not gone goat at any point. He's never gone beard at any point. He has just stayed true with the stash. I expect him half the time I see him on TV to talk football and then uh, tell me to be careful of diabetes. (laughs) (laughs) You probably better put that candy bar down. You don't want to get the diabetes. I I mean, I'm just that was actually relatively accurate, wasn't it? It was. I mean, it's one thing, like, if I said it was accurate, but, like, you did the impression, and then you looked at me for approval, and you're like, like, hey, I did a good job there. I'm old, like, dude. I'm, I'm like, old. I need to know. Like, you're kind of my boss, so, like, yeah, but, like. <laughs> I am not your boss. Uh, <laughs> That's your boss. I'm, like, I'm trying to be cool. That- that, cool was the, the that was the kids. funniest awkward moment we've had on this show yet, I think. Yeah, that was the most awkward moment we have had, for sure. Can we hug on the air? Can we bro-hug, like I side mean, bro-hug? Sure, why not? All right, all See, right. now you're pressuring him unfairly yeah. here. Fist bump? You know what? Yeah, let's do it. We do that. <laughs> See, you're okay with that, I you know, think. Fist bump is cool, but like, what's I was, going on? I was told you guys were into wrestling. Yeah. David Cooney's here with Nick Ailes. Royal Rumble is Sunday Matt, why did you want me to bring this up? What's the what's the match I got to look out for? Well, just the Royal Rumble match, period. Who do you guys think are, are going to win this Sunday, either the men's or the women's? Which one do you want to start with? Go to the men's. Uh, the men's? Ooh. Roman. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns? For what, the third time now? Yeah, and Drew McIntyre throws out Brock Lesnar. Okay, all right. I'm Tony? saying Drew McIntyre because he's been getting a big push overall on Raw and 
He just seems like he's getting out there, especially with this feud with Randy Orton lately. Okay, what about the women's? Shayna Baszler. Shayna, all right. Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss. Why would Alexa Alexa Bliss? Why would Alexa Bliss win the Rumble? Why not, Nick? Why not? Oh, dude, I haven't seen her on TV in like two weeks. Cool. See, this is why I wanted to ask because it gets those guys heated. I literally have no idea what they're talking about. I'm just going to let them finish here for a second. Is there another match we should look out for? No. That's it? I mean, I mean, there'll probably be some good matches in there. Well, well, there is a Fiend against Daniel Bryan, which I think is personally probably going to be the match of the night. That'll be a good one. So does since Brock Lesnar's entering number one in the Royal Rumble, does he go on to win? D- you, didn't you just ask us who didn't would he win? Oh, yeah. yeah, but I'm asking, is it possible that he goes all the way and wins? No, it's and not. And if so, who does he face? It's not possible. I mean, I guess it is possible, but I don't think it would happen just because the plans afterwards don't make any sense. Agreed. Because like it would just shut down so many matches that like it's just it's not worth it. They there's backstage talk has him whoever throws out Lesnar gets his match. Okay. So that's a way to build up a start. Is McIntyre. Is Vince McMahon phoning in creative since he's focusing on the XFL coming up? Ooh. Um, even for WrestleMania, no. Okay. No. For Mania he'll be there, but afterwards be gone XFL. Yeah, all right, XFL is on the way after the Super Bowl. Couple things programming note Nia Automotive Game of the Week presented by Pathfinder Bank and U.S. Army Corcoran Proctor. That's coming up at seven o'clock. You're just a few minutes away from Utica Comets Insider re airing right here on ESPN Radio Utica Rome now at 96.5 FM. I do want to point out we spoke to Jim Beheim. They have a game tomorrow against Notre Dame. Scoop and I chatted with him a little bit earlier. We're going to air that for you tomorrow for sure, leading into tomorrow night's game. Any loose ends we got to tie up, guys, before we say goodnight? I think I did see, speaking of XFL, that Chad Johnson did not show up for his audition uh, as a kicker. He's been talking about kicking. He supposedly kicked a 60-yard field goal, showed it on Twitter. Yeah, so he, he goes for this audition, and then he just goes... Nah, I'm good. What? Yeah. What? So you want to be in the spotlight, and then you just go, meh. Yeah, I'm good. I don't want to do it now. Want to say thank you to Nicole Ruddy from the Clinton High School girls hockey team for joining us. You called the game the other day, right? I'm actually the public dress announcer for every game. For every game. Yes, sir. Give the Facebook page out again so anybody that wants to help the ladies out can go make donations. That's your your best point of contact Every little bit helps. Let's keep funding these these high school girls so that they can play hockey and maybe move on and, and play we'll in college. And we'll be sure to tag that in the podcast. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. The Facebook name is Clinton Girls Varsity Ice Hockey Team. And she actually texted me right after the interview. And they raised $25,000 a year through all these donations to go ahead and get this hockey team off the ground. It's an awesome program with a lot of local girls from Casanova, New Hartford, Rome, so many di- coming from so many different places across the Mohawk Valley. This is a truly an amazing team. What she's done with this has been just phenomenal. So, yeah, we're happy to help help that out. We'll be back tomorrow, 5 to 6. Jim Beheim will be on the air. You'll get his thoughts about Notre Dame and, of course, the win over Virginia Tech. Have a great rest of your night. ESPN Radio Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM.